Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My days working and taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out Care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Buck. He's Clay. We are Diving into this situation in Cuba, but plus uh, this hour, we will transition into a discussion of the Biden administration's big meeting with leaders from cities across the country and anti-violence experts. By that, they usually mean anti-gun experts uh, and and what they're doing to combat the huge surge in violent crime and shootings and uh, and murders across the country. So we'll be diving into that law enforcement issue in a second. But Clay and I keep going back and forth. In every break, we, we got a couple of, of ideas we want to flesh out some more with all of you. One of them is the notion of what degree of intervention right now would be wise. I am uh, very cautious about it. Clay is, is more forward leaning on it. So we'll, we'll dive into that. But there's also a, a pretty deafening silence right now from Democrats who usually have so much to say about democracy and freedom and the need to and voting rights and all these things and yet clay when i look and i see the latest from alexandria ocasio uh, ocasio cortez or bernie sanders or others on the issue of cuba i mean it feels like one they're, they're not saying anything they've said nothing in 24 hours on their social media accounts but beyond that even the biden administration it all feels perfunctory it all feels a little boilerplate and you can't help but come away from this thinking there is a a long-standing abiding sympathy that the democrats and the leftist elites in america have for socialism and yes specifically for communism in cuba we've all seen it we know celebrities go there they always talk about how great that oh the health care is so great you know the literacy rate is so high they're always making it's a police state that locks people up, that imprisons family members to pressure them, that's, that expels people to drown with or in front of their own children because they're so desperate to get out of this hellhole situation. And the Democrats, I mean, right now, if you look at CNN, uh, you know, CNN.com, you'll see 
that their biggest concern is, you know, the insurrection and people not getting vaccinated enough. It's a fundamental failure of our media and of our political culture, in my opinion, that everyone isn't talking about Cuba right now. And and yes, I understand some people think that that I am crazy and I've been making this argument for decades. This is not something new that to me. When I look 90 miles south of the Keys and see Cuba sitting there, and obviously I'm young-ish, Buck, right? It wasn't like I was around during the Bay of Pigs. It wasn't like I was around during the Cuban Missile Crisis or anything like that. But I see it as an incredible uh, blight upon America to a certain extent that we have allowed this awful regime to exist when it's clear the Cuban people do not support it. It has been and, an it has been an unsinkable aircraft carrier of communism in yes. the region the whole time yes. in Nicaragua, in El Salvador, in Venezuela, and connections all over the world to communist regimes and authority. Who are the friends of Cuba, Clay? That's always a good a good place to start. Iran, Russia, all the governments, right. all the governments that the Democrats uh, supposedly dislike or hate, depending on which one we're talking about. But they have an affinity. There's a special place. In the lib heart for totalitarian thugs running Cuba. I don't know. I mean, that's just the truth. And I, I, when I see the people in Cuba who are brave enough to take out American flags and protest in favor of freedom, we failed in Hong Kong. And I, and I don't know why the Hong Kong failure is not a bigger story, because to me, it's a roadmap for what China is going to try to do with Taiwan, another island nation. And we're going to have to, I believe, at some point decide this strategic ambiguity as it pertains to Taiwan is not going to be able to continue. And we're going to have to decide at some point or another, especially when you consider the overall power that Taiwan has from an economic perspective with their semiconductor industry, we're going to have to decide at some point, are we willing or not to defend Taiwan in the event that China invades? And I believe that Cuba given the United States already has military bases on the island and everything else, I think that Cuba right now is poised, perhaps uniquely, in our history, if the United States makes the right choices to potentially have a Berlin Wall-like moment where they finally, the people of Cuba, throw off the vestiges of this totalitarian government. So, so if the people do it, that's, I mean, I'm sitting here, Hoping, and I know you are too, hoping and cheering for that. If the Cuban people are able, and and really all that has to happen would be large enough numbers of the police and military of the Cuban regime just say, we're not raising our hands or our guns against our own people. And the whole thing can crumble if that takes place. But remember, people in those positions may think that they'll be in prison. They worry about their families. It's not as easy as it sounds. We say, well, of course, who wouldn't want to just defend their, and I'm hoping that that happens. But I mean, Clay, I've, I've got to ask because it seems like this is where your where your your thoughts are are leading us a little bit. If the Biden administration said in a week, which by the way they're not going to, because yes. they actually don't, then th- this is maybe what you're getting to here. And part of this is you're illuminating. The Biden administration has no interest in giving the final shove to Correct. the regime in Cuba. They, they don't right. want to do that. They'll this let it play a- out, but they're not actually. You know what I mean? They're not actually willing to consider what I am suggesting, right? I mean, this would be a more interesting conversation if Trump were in office right now. Uh, if Is there a way to militarily support these protesters 
in a way to let the United States government clearly make, as opposed to putting a release on the White House website, which nobody can see in Cuba right now, right? They've shut down uh, the Internet as best they can. And by the way, what benefit does the United States saying we support you when there's a jackbooted thug banging on your door that's going to drag you out and your family and put you in prison? We literally are doing the least possible support that we could for Cuba. I would be more inclined to actually support uh, the, the the Cuban people who are standing up against this government potentially with uh, with military support. So I mean, that's, when you say military support, you mean you're talking intervention at some level? Like we set up, I, we set basically send down peacekeepers or something like that. Yes. Is that what you? Yes. Man, I got to tell you, I don't think I don't think the Trump administration even. And of course, now this is a, a counterfactual. I, I know it's a radical idea. I, 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 for I don't some think people. the Trump administration would go anywhere near that, even if they were in charge. Um, I don't think. You know, what's interesting is Democrats generally don't want to go to war for reasons of clear U.S. national security interests. They often do want to go to war for some humanitarian intervention somewhere that's not really a war, but then it turns into a war, and you know that. So, so that is a history that they have, a longstanding history. But on this issue. Look, you just see this from everything that they say, from all the pronouncements, from the the deafening silence of the Democrat left right now. They do not hate the Cuban regime. You know, they they don't hate the Cuban regime the way they hate, you know, Republicans and Karl Rove. And I mean, they really have a soft spot. That's very apparent. And that means that right now, I think they're happy to do the bare. This is what I think we'll expect from the Biden administration. The absolute bare minimum. And hope that this is a problem they don't have to really deal with. That's what I think you can expect. And let me explain in in my thought process, and you can tell me whether you think that I'm insane here. This, to me, is not Afghanistan, right? The Cuban people share, I think, a common history in a way that the tribes of Afghanistan do not. To me, this is not going into Iraq and expecting, like you said, Paul Wolfowitz. Oh, they're going to they're going to see us as the great uh, the great saviors of this country. I think that Cuba, with its population of ten or eleven million people and a history, at least in living memory and some sense of democracy on that island, and the fact that when democracy existed, they had cars (laughs) that they still use now, and they had uh, they they had a strong capitalistic uh, uh, economy that they were able to support. I think there is a working historical knowledge of freedom and democracy, even if it's been spread word to mouth, right, for the younger generations, and they have enough of an exposure to the United States. One of the things I always look at, Buck, is the people who were out protesting were young, and a lot of them were wearing American sports gear. Like the videos that I saw, uh, American sporting teams, right? There's the the, the, the embargo. Uh, they have family in Cuba. They understand, I think, in many ways what American freedom represents. And there is an elite, I would say, of Cuban exiles in the United States that have long been of the opinion that at some point this awful regime is going to fall. So I see it different than some of the other nation building that we have done i understand well, we, we've been saying that iran say was going to fall as well for a very long time and every you know and there was in 2009 the beginning of the obama there's I, I think people will draw some parallels here if they have not already there was an opening where there were protests in the streets yes. of tehran and they 
smacked that whole thing down and shut it down and the repression machinery went into effect and nothing nothing really changed in Iran at all. In fact, a lot of people, a lot of good people who stood up for freedom were, were crushed. But look, let's let's address this. Uh, Clay Clay wants more direct. I'm seeing people. Some people are into it. Some people are ready to go with uh, El Comandante Clay here and uh, and, you know, land troops and get ready for it. Others are taking a little more uh, cautious approach on the Buckster side of things here. 800-282-2882. Also, a transcript of the first hour of the show and news articles about what we're talking about here is up at clayandbuck.com. Don't forget to check that out. So we'll take some calls. We come back and we'll get into this situation of the Biden and Biden meeting with people to talk about crime. I mean, it's kind of hilarious because we know what they should do. Back police, stop the defund craziness, stop the, you know, stop supporting BLM like it's some great movement of reform. But we'll, we'll get into the details of that in a moment. And in the meantime, the, the, the testimonials keep coming in, right? I mean, Michael from Connecticut says that Relief Factor helped to almost completely eliminate his elbow pain when he couldn't find any other solution. It's a great product, he says, and has helped him with a lot of other aches and pains. Since he started Relief Factor, he feels like he's got a lot more energy and generally feels better. And I know for sure that this works for folks because my mom, my dad, and Clay's wife are all taking Relief Factor daily now. Clay, how has it been for the missus? Uh, Look, I've been saying for a long time, this is true, my wife's going to live to be 115 years old. Uh, and she makes all the right decisions for her from a health perspective. She tries to get me to do smart things, and she told me as soon as she saw everything that was available in Relief Factor, this is a perfect product to help make you feel better. Uh, Listen, hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them go on to order more. You can join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to get the $19.95 three-week quick start developed for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are talking about the protests in Cuba, whether my idea to provide potentially, if necessary, military support in order for Cubans to overthrow their communist government is crazy. We have got loaded lines, Cuban Americans, a lot of people weighing in with their own perspectives on everything. Uh, let's go to Joe in Austin, Texas. He's the next one up. Joe, what do you think of my ideas? What do you think of Buck's discussion? What do you think of the Cuban situation right now? Well, I, I'm all for uh, your suggestion. Um, as a matter of fact, when I speak to my Democratic friends, they start saying like, the border has to be controlled, not at the border, but where they're coming from, these countries. And I'm saying, what are you going to do? You're going to invade the country? So I said, let's start with Cuba, <laughs> 90 miles away. Let's, let's start there. It's a mess. But my, my actual comment is this started way before 1959 during the revolution. I came here in 54. And when my dad told me that we were going to America and we're going to see snow, we're going to see all these different things, uh, my sister and I, we got so excited that we decided to make a kite and we flew the American flag. They were there in 10, 15 minutes, trying to arrest me, trying to arrest my sister. How old were you and your sister when you flew the American flag when you knew you were going to America? 
I was four. She was uh, 15. Wow. She's 11, she's 11 years old. And this was in 54. So uh, we, we, my father said, no, <laughs> we got to get out of here. So we left, and we went back in 59 uh, just for a visit, visit family. My father got arrested for being a capitalist and uh, whatever other charges they threw against him. And when he was out on bail, we left the country. We snuck out. We got into the neighbor's car. He drove us to the airport. And he and my mom have not been back since. Uh, God bless your soul. They're dead now. But I went back eight years ago because nobody had seen me since the age of four. And when I was there, it was miserable. It was miserable. Uh, now, my, my, my family is in the arts. I'm not going to mention their name because they're pretty famous over there. But most of them live in Havana. I was born deep into the country. So I went to Havana to visit my aunt. And uh, because that family is in the arts, they were treated slightly better than my family was down in uh, Las Vegas, which is now Santa Espiritu. But um, there was a knock at the door one morning while I was down in uh, at my home, and uh, at seven o'clock in the morning, nobody nobody was getting up. So I got up and I said, you know, what what's going on? Oh, tell your aunt the meat's here. Tell your aunt the meat's here. So I start screaming. I don't know. I said, dear, dear, you know, somebody at the door saying the meat's the meat here. Oh, she was 85 or 87 at that time. She's scrambling for her little book to go stand in line to get meat. Yeah, said, this, is what, this is what socialism and price controls gets you. And, Joe, thank you for sharing that uh that assessment of what's going on. You know, Clay, I know a lot of people want to weigh in on this, and we've got a completely lit line, so let's do this. We'll promise we'll get to a, a few more folks uh, when we come back, and we'll also, I do, we want to dive into the latest on vaccination door-to-door drive, also the latest on the Biden administration. Oh, Clay, how, how do we fix crime in this country? I got an idea. How about be opposed to crime as a political party and just be supportive of police and not defund them? I mean, there, there are some ways we could do this. It's not that hard. Yeah, that would make sense. By the way, uh, updated article just came down, Wall Street Journal, uh, about arrests in Cuba. They have a particularly cracked down on well-known dissidents and civil rights activists, and some people may know these names, uh, visual artist Luis Manuel Otero, poet uh, Amari Pachacho, and if I'm killing uh, mispronunci- mispronouncing some of these names, Jose Daniel Ferrer, uh, the leader of Cuba's most important opposition group, human rights organization, and dissident groups, they're all being arrested and thrown into prison right now, and security forces are taking over uh, in an unprecedented manner right now across all of Cuba, according to the most updated yeah, the, stories coming out. This, this crackdown is going to get ugly, and we're going to hear about about 5% of it, I would say. The crackdown is going to be really vicious from the people in charge. So, look, we'll continue to follow it here. Interesting, but, Clay, no Espanol in school for you, huh? I, I took I took French, German, and Arabic in my years in school. Never studied any Spanish. I took Latin and I took French. Did not take Spanish. You're I like, wish I you're had. Like me. In we, we, need, we need to get one of our buddies in here who actually can speak a little Espanol. But anyway, we'll come back, take some more calls, get into the crime situation, how we fix it, how Biden says he's going to fix it. That's all come up. But one thing we've learned the last year for sure, you want to have a powerful immune system. That's why over 20 years ago, naturopathic doctor Dennis Black of Texas invented Texas Superfood, the original superfood. 
Now, with 55 vine-ripened fruits and vegetables, plus probiotic and digestive enzymes, you can build your body's defense from the inside out. That's what I learned from Dr. Dennis Black a few years ago when I met him. I'm taking Texas Superfoods, and I feel fantastic. You know how your grandmother told you to eat fruits and veggies? Well, you got busy schedules, right? This gets you those nutrients in a really easy-to-take form. If you can't, won't, or don't eat all your fruits and veggies every day, Texas Superfoods was made for you. Start boosting your immune system for under $2 a day. Go to TexasSuperfood.com slash buck or call 855-TEXAS-55. That's 855-TEXAS-55 or go to TexasSuperfood.com slash buck. Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the Golden EIB microphone. A new podcast hosted by yours truly, James Golden, or as many of you know me, Bo Snurdly. Come with me behind the scenes for an exciting and intimate look at the man who changed America as we know it on iHeart or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Presented by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation and MyPillow. Welcome back in. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I'm Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton. We are talking about Cuba. Massive story being undercovered by the left-wing media. Surprise, surprise. Bernie Sanders still said nothing. AOC still said nothing. The White House has put out a statement, which is in support of the Cuban protesters. But meanwhile, crackdowns across the entire island occurring at a massive level. And as that is taking place, there are a lot of uh, situations that are continuing to be discussed. So many different ideas about what exactly the United States could and should do to help try to further these protesters uh, who are supporting freedom and democracy. A lot of different takes. Let's go to John in Savannah, Georgia. John, what's up? Hey, Clay, the plan to invade Cuba, I think it's going to be, could be an American version of Red Dawn. I just see a, a lot of pitfalls there. You know, I don't have any, no, no doubt or, or the greatest confidence in our troops, but with this administration, really, the same people that are running the withdrawal in Afghanistan and our southern border, you know, do we want them to sign off on an ops plan and execute an ops plan or order to go into uh, uh, Cuba? I don't think there's any way they would do it, Buck, and that's what we're talking about. I'm saying from my perspective, and thanks for the call, by the way, John. I'm saying from my perspective, I'm tired of the United States' response to Cuba being, hey, we're in favor of freedom and democracy, and then we just watch all the freedom and democracy protesters get their asses kicked, get thrown into boats, and try to make their way to the United States. At some point, you have to do, I think, something more than say, hey, we're in favor yeah. of freedom and democracy. We're, we're not going. I mean, I, and I understand you're you're doing the thought experiment of what you what you would like to see happen if we could. But the Biden administration, that there's a zero percent chance in my mind. And I, I think that would be pretty widely held that they'll actually do any kind of any military intervention or support. Remember that there have been some very provocative things done by the Cubans in recent years. There were these sonic attacks that have been since pretty soundly confirmed where they've gone after U.S. diplomats with really a, a horrific and, and crippling weapon that uses it, it's not even fully it's like a microwave weapon that creates, you know, it, it, it debilitates people. It, it makes them uh, unable to it, it unbalances them and it creates tremendous pain. Um, so the Cubans, the Cuban regime is still is still very aggressive toward the U.S. in all kinds of ways. But I mean, one thing that I think we have to remember, we're talking about the Democrats and where they'll go with all this, Clay, is they don't want people to make the obvious connection 
between the 60-year-long failure of central planning, which is the heart of any socialist system, price controls, and social justice. What does it do when you really, when you don't have mean capitalists like you and me and all of our listeners in the mix, right? And Trump. And, and, you know, what does it mean when the people who really believe in the social justice stuff, the CRT, the central planning, the collectivism, get their way? Well, we have run experiments, and we've seen it. And the experiments are Cuba for the last 60 years, Venezuela, particularly for the last 15 or 20 years, uh, you know, Nicaragua at different times, the Soviet Union, North Korea. It the, fails. It turns it out. Fails. It turns out that the democratic socialists in our own mix here in America uh, or in our own midst are, are not particularly keen on the American people figuring out. Hold on a minute. You mean that Cuba could actually be a really prosperous, free and happy place with amazing culture and, and good quality of life? If only they got rid of the people telling them what to do all the time who know the economy better and don't want markets to work and don't and don't believe in private property and don't believe in free. Oh, that's so that's at the, that's in the background of everything the Democrat Party does on Cuba. They don't want people to take that away as, as a lesson. Buck, every cruise ship in America circles Cuba. That's what they do. If Cuba opened up, it would immediately immediately be a capitalist nirvana in many ways as they started to embrace freedom the quality of life of the average cuban would skyrocket their health look there's an article in the new york uh in the wall street journal today they can't get treatment for scabies which is in the grand scheme of things a relatively minor uh, uh illness that is usually easily treated my understanding is with antibiotics their uh, government is so fallen apart in terms of health care right now. People are focused on COVID. They can't even treat basic uh, Ill- illnesses that should be able to be solved with easy distribution of antibiotics. We got like the uh, we got the the folks here ready to to storm the beaches. A bunch of them. Yes. Ray in Miami, Florida. Ray, you're on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to storm those beaches right away, but I think you know, it, it is a Cuban problem. It is not an American problem. Um, and you know what? Uh, you're absolutely right. It's not just the medicine. This is not about COVID. This is about 60 years of oppression. It's about 60 years of not having soap, water, just basic necessities. People can't shower for three days because the water gets cut off. They cut off the electricity last night. They cut off the uh, uh, the Internet last night. We know what's going on. Uh, you know, it's not a surprise. They're 90 miles away. Half the people on, in this country, uh, which are Cubans, have people on the other side because that's what they do. They divide you, and then they say, here, go back to U.S., send back your money, and that's we've been supporting that island for the last Yeah, remittances are also a big part of this that people don't often talk about, but that's been a huge source of support for people back in Cuba. I want to do Fred in Pompano, Florida, for a second here. Fred, you said you've got family still there. Yep, I'm here. About Pompano. Uh, yeah, I came with the Peter Pan program back in 61. I was 14 years old. So I saw a lot of the things. And the, the previous caller is absolutely right. I couldn't have put it better myself. I just want to make the point that the, the rapid response brigades have been around for a long, long, long time. And, and you, you said it beautifully. It's people that work for the government. Government agencies stress as civilians bust to the area of conflict where people are demonstrating and so on, and they physically beat them up, put them in buses, and take them away. So when the media is around, 
taking pictures, taking video. Uh, it's, it seems like it's the same Cubans that are fighting. No, they're not. They're government agents. So you, you put it beautifully. And the second point I want to make, I don't know if time's short here, uh, Barry Sanders, are you kidding me? He is the guy who was not long ago was praising the educational system in Cuba. You're right. Can, can I and Fred, great call. And thank you so much for bringing that perspective and appreciate your patience. I know you're on hold for a long time. Clay, let's just remind everybody, you know, the go I mean, the uh, the mayor of New York City, I believe, went to Nicaragua to be near the Sandinistas on his honeymoon. So, you know, when we're talking about, you know, Bernie Sanders honeymooned in the Soviet Union, which is also well known. (laughs) So when I'm saying there is an affinity, I'm not pulling that out of thin air. And these are still American politicians in positions of extreme influence and prominence. And they're sympathetic to commies. I'm sorry. That's just the reality. Yeah, look, there's no doubt. And the Bernie Sanders recollection, remember, for the 2020 presidential campaign, they ended up losing, the Democrats did Florida pretty substantially, no matter what, because of this massive outreach from uh, from Cuban voters, Venezuelan voters. People have seen what really happens with socialism and communism. But Democrats basically said, hey, we're not even going to be able to compete in the state of Florida if Bernie Sanders is our nomination, uh, is our nominee, which is one way that, that Joe Biden ended up winning, was Bernie was so far out there in the left-wing uh, idiocy as it pertained to praising Castro. I mean, it's it's madness. All right, let's Speaking let's of madness. Let's come yeah. back in, Clay. We've been promising, you know, Biden today is hosting at the White House New York City's Democratic mayoral candidate, uh, Eric Adams, other law enforcement folks. Now Democrats are getting serious all of a sudden, or at least pretending to, I should say, about what to do to tackle crime. I have some theories about where this is going to go very quickly, but we should break down what why is this happening? I mean, if they had listened to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show, they would have known now for weeks why they have the crime problems they do in these cities. But let's let's address that when we when we come back here in just a moment. But, you know, now is the time for those of you out there who who have a mortgage. Now's the time to save some big money every month. And it's not hard to do this. You just got to refinance your mortgage with the right folks. And, you know, you got to do it now before rates get any higher, Clay. No doubt, uh, because right now the mortgage rates we're seeing can make a significant difference to your budget, making now the perfect time to call American Financing. America's home for home uh, loans, they will take advantage of a free mortgage review. They can give it to you, and you can see if you can save up to $1,000 a month. Think about that would mean for your budget and your lifestyle, up to $1,000 a month. Clay, it's amazing. And if you like what you hear, folks, they'll pre-qualify you for free. You may be able to postpone two mortgage payments. So don't put off a refi any longer. There's no pressure, no upfront or hidden fees. All right. Call American Financing at 800-777-8109. That's 800-777-8109. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, NMLS Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage all of you to go subscribe to the podcast. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. You can go give us a five-star review. We have been discussing in great detail the protests emerging all over Cuba. 
And to me, it represents in many ways a failed version of an idealized democratic universe where socialism, the Bernie Sanders of the world, have their way and you end up with this situation. And simultaneously, the Democrats have also failed, I think, with the dumbest argument that has ever been made in the 21st century from a political perspective was defund the police. Joe Biden is having a all-hands-on-deck meeting at the White House today with a lot of big city mayors to discuss the overwhelming increase in murder and violent crime. Included there is the winner of the Democratic primary for New York City Mayor Eric Adams, and he basically came out and said, hey, we blew it as a party talking about defund the police, play cut eight. And in terms of laws, in terms of state or city or national gun laws to try to stop gun violence, what do you think would work? And, and do you think the priorities of national Democrats uh, may have been misplaced? Uh, yes, I, I do. I believe uh, those priorities, uh, they really were uh, misplaced. And it's almost uh, insulting what we have witnessed over the last uh, few years. Uh, many of our presidents, uh, they saw these numbers. They knew that the inner cities, particularly where black, brown, and poor people lived, uh, they, knew, they knew they were dealing with this uh, real crisis. And it took this president to state uh, that it is time for us to stop ignoring what is happening in the South sides of Chicago's, in the Brownsville's, uh, in the Atlantis of our sit of our country. And so it is extremely important that just as we became energetic after we saw mass shootings uh, with assault rifles in the suburban parts of our country, which we should have, we should have also focused on the handgun. The numbers That is, by the way, the Eric Adams talking about failed democratic policies. And look, 22-year veteran of the New York City Police Department. Buck, you're a New York City native. All this talk about the energized left wing of the Democratic Party, who ended up winning the Democratic mayoral nomination for New York City, the guy who emphasized safe streets, bringing back plainclothes police officers, may not have stop and frisk coming back yet, but I think you are seeing what Two, Demo two, uh, two Republicans, Giuliani and Bloomberg, did back-to-back -to, -back to make New York City safe again was the right call, and Democrats are panicked trying to put out the fires that they created. I'm also not willing to give up uh, or, or just move past on what happened a year ago in the 2020 election with this issue. Clay, my, my argument here is that the Democrats were willing to go so scorched earth in order to capitalize on whatever they could to defeat Trump in the 2020 election, that things that were obvious to rational, reasonable people and things that should have been truly, as issues at least, beyond uh, polit uh, politicization became weapons used against, against Trump. We saw that with certainly COVID. I mean, the Democrats made it seem in 2020 like Trump made COVID in a lab at Mar-a-Lago or something. I mean, they were always always exaggerating how he was so terrible and it's all his fault and hydroxychloroquine. But on the crime issue, they saw the BLM movement 2.0 after the death of George Floyd as an opportunity to mobilize the left wing base to create chaos and disorder, which really suppresses the conservative base in this country, because people I know people who said, well, why isn't Trump? Why isn't the administration doing more about this? So it really hits it at two levels there. The Democrat left wing activists like what they see with the riots and the attacks in the cities. And it's just a reminder that they were willing, the mainstream Democrat Party 
was willing to pretend to be run by abject morons who couldn't figure out that by undermining police and defunding them, more people and disproportionately more minorities were going to be shot and going to be killed. You know, we shouldn't let them. I know, you know, they're coming to the right conclusion now, Clay, but they should pay a price politically for what they've put the country through for the last year. I I think that's true. And moreover, it's so frustrating and so self-evident that this was going to be the result. And, Buck, I feel like we're also seeing into the future, you know what's going to happen in 2024? BLM 3.0. Every four years, in an effort to terrify their base of black supporters, they need to sell the idea that America is a fundamentally unsafe place and that police officers are the reason why America is a fundamentally unsafe place. They are selling an opposite version of reality. For those of you who uh, are Stranger Things uh, fans, it's like we're in the upside down. Mm -hmm. They are creating a fundamentally different world that is not in any way constrained by reality or facts, which we know the end result is going to be. And unfortunately, the result here, Buck, is there are thousands of people that would otherwise be alive today if we had simply allowed police to do their jobs. That's the reality. And it's even worse because then police, in response to that political abandonment, and it's very real because elected officials, remember, law enforcement at the state and local level in particular, law enforcement is overseen by and run by, as I've said before, the political class. So in a major city, the mayor is like the commander in chief of the police force. So when defund and the activist Democrat left comes along and says cops are the problem and you have all these different mayor's offices and prosecutors, too, in these major cities, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Philadelphia, San Francisco, you know, go down the list prosecutors want to make a name for themselves and they want to ride the political wave too so now what are they looking for opportunities to crack down on cops quote abuses which in many cases are just whatever happens to get uploaded onto the internet and looks like a police officer using force in a way that can make people uncomfortable absent the context of what's actually happened in that situation this is is a lesson we shouldn't have had to learn again because we've already learned it many times in the past But Democrats, you know, right now, all of a sudden, they're trying to act like they're reasonable on this. Data was clear, transparent, and self-evident, Buck. There was no uncertainty about what was going to happen, and yet we found ourselves here again. By the way, some breaking news out there. Texas Democrats are threatening to leave the state over an issue with voting rights. We'll talk about it next. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tunnel to Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel the Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. 
Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.